the sounds of songbirds have greeted me each morning at the beginning of spring, the chirp of sparrows in the hedge next to my window. Even when I sit down to record this podcast, sometimes I can hear the chirping or the calling of a crow nearby. Yet the other day, my work and my day was disturbed not by the chirping of birds or the call of a crow, but by the grinding mechanical whirr of the strimmer. Now hang with me on this, because perhaps maybe I'm grasping at straws, but on this episode of A Quiet Voice, we're using this strimmer, this sound, this disturbance to dive deeper into why some of us never give our creative projects a chance. As always, my name is Colin. Thank you for joining me. The strimmer is really a monument to man's disconnection from nature. It chases after perhaps the most unnatural thing, the 90-degree angle. And as I sat in my bed and looked out the window at these hedges getting trimmed into perfect squares, I thought to myself how my pursuit for perfection in my creative pursuits stifles the natural beauty. Think of a barren landscape, whether it's a desert, the Siberia tundra, in Ireland perhaps the harshest environment that I know or have ventured into is the bog. The bog is a treeless swamp of mud covered in thick moss called sphagnum moss which over millennia, thousands of years, degrade into peat and turf. Anybody who has visited Ireland during the wintertime or on a cool summer's day when the rain soaks through your wool sweater may know the smell of the turf. It's like burning soil. It's a very unrefined fossil fuel Yet it carries a smell that brings so many people straight back to their grandparents' house. When there used to be open fires and everything was cooked, buried in the glow of orange coals, and had a slight taste of smoke from the open fire. Yet the bog is more than just turf which they slice with these long, narrow spades. Even though it is without tree or dense foliage, the tallest grass might just be a rush. Anyone who investigates on their hands and knees finds the sphagnum moss rich in biodiversity, rich in ecology, whether there's 
bees flying low to the ground, finding the dandelions or a frog who's hopping along, finding a fresh pool of water to lay its eggs. It's richer than what meets the eye. Looks can be deceiving, and all around us in modern life, we are surrounded by finished monuments with their clean edges. The Oscar-nominated directors produce films that evoke emotions that we didn't know was within us. Music comes in huge soundscapes with complicated rhythms and dynamic drum beats, something that we can't comprehend, and it penetrates us in a way that we think is not a part of us, something coming from outside in these clean forms. We see the finished sculpture, but we don't see every single crack, every single chip, every single bead of sweat that poured down that sculptor's back, whether it was from effort or whether it was from frustration. We don't see those things. Now, it's a hot summer's day, and in Ireland, it is actually illegal to trim your hedges after the beginning of May. You're only allowed to trim hedges or major branches at all between September and February or September and March or something like this. Because Ireland is so desolate in any sort of growth that it lacks necessary habitat for birds to make nests. So I thought of this as my neighbor had hired some guy who probably needed the money to trim back the hawthorn trees that lined his property line next to my window. We talked about the hawthorn tree before. It's the fairy tree, and its leaves can open up your heart chakra, enrich your blood circulation if you drink a tea made with its dried leaves and flowers. But what we're talking about today is destruction in pursuit of order. Yet there is order in this periphery that we push to the edges. We trim every single manicured lawn trying to destroy or root out any sort of pest or dandelion or weed that makes the grass a dappled color of green instead of a monoculture lawn. Just as the bog has a rich biodiversity in its natural sense untouched by man, every chaotic element of nature has an aspect of restoring order. I used to live in a small cabin on a property in Asheville, North Carolina, the kind of cabin where you needed to cover the windows in plastic wrap to keep the winter draft from pulling out all the hot air. 
yet even still, if you put your hand down to the ground, you could feel the cold air coming up through the cracks in the floor. Spiders making webs in the corners of my room were common. They'd slip under the door and escape the cold. I wasn't a big fan of those, to be honest, but it strikes in me how nature just has a way to come into what we call our place. Our place outside of nature, outside of the natural order. And outside this little plot of land where this cabin was on this man's property with whom I was renting was a jungle of English ivy, which scaled up in towers along these pine trees and with time threatened to bring down even the mightiest of trees. He would go out there each time he needed to vent or each time he needed to relieve some stress and he would just beat back the English ivy in this fool's errand, really, as it had already covered everything. He had a tennis court in the backyard which was just overrun with English ivy, a testament perhaps to something within his mind, something within his family, a drama that was playing out in his lawn, in his garden that I never really asked about. It wasn't my business. Yet even the English ivy, as it brings down a forest, exposes and opens a canopy that allows for harsh light to come in and destroy, to evaporate, to burn away the waxy, delicate leaves of the ivy and start anew, allow for new seedlings to sprout where the ivy once covered the barren ground. When the ivy disappears, you have seedlings again, and you have a new forest, and you have the mulch from these downed trees breaking apart and enriching the soil, along with any other organic matter from decomposing the sun. It takes time, and it's time that we can't really observe because it's not human time. It's not geologic time. It's nature's time. Nature's time occurs in the same rhythm as the time of the creator. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because nature is the grand creator. It gives us life. It gives us everything. And let's take a lesson from it for a minute and reflect upon how when we pursue perfection, when we pursue those strict 90-degree angles, those perfectly manicured lawns with the sculpted bushes and all of the flowers planted in neat lines. What do we get? What do we get? But we become captive to preserving that aesthetic. Everything outside of it becomes a weed, and we are not allowed to see what could be as much as we're just forced to preserve, forced to beat back anything that threatens this single image that we had at one point. It's a fixed image, and we carved it into the landscape, and now we have no ability to really be dynamic except rip out everything. And that requires a lot of energy and a lot of trauma to the land to tear up 
everything that you've planted. But what, for instance, would land look like if we did nothing with it? If we allowed for the cycles to work through in a time that we respected. We worked with the land to carve corridors with which we walk among it and observe the flowers, see a tree go from a sprout into a sapling, knowing we'll never see it be a full-grown tree. Listen to the birds chirping through the hawthorn bushes or see an owl up in the tree. Suddenly that harsh sea breeze is now dampened by all of the natural beauty we allowed to come. And what's better is we don't have to be grounded in some aesthetic, but we can see it change and be reminded with each day that we are open to change ourselves. Perfection is the enemy of the done. That's what always rings in my mind when I think about what's keeping me from producing more or not even more, just living in the spirit of creation all the time. Left on its own nature, like this fluid creative process, can produce untold forms and dynamic dances. It becomes an ever-evolving landscape, sometimes producing what looks like chaos, but is a beauty that is undescribable. In a previous episode, I was talking about Francis Bacon, the great painter who used the idea of coincidence to inform his paintings. He worked with oil and rags and things that were a little bit unpredictable. And when he worked with the happy accidents, and he worked with the flow state and not the image of what he wanted to create, he was able to create something that was closer to what he originally saw, but in a place that he could never have reached on its own. He allowed for a part of himself to sit down to let the grand creator, this quiet voice, this spirit which works through us. And anybody who's sat down and journaled or worked on something or played a piece of music or knows that there's some part of you that you get to be free from, that you get to not attach to, that is keeping you stuck all the time. And now you just say, hey, go sit over there for a second and we're going to let somebody new come in and run the show. The question is, would you rather scratch a hole in the paper with revisions or hold fast to one image of creation or allow for what comes to sort of stumble through your pen haphazardly with mistakes and errors? Maybe it's a longer path, but maybe that path brings you to some more beautiful place than you could ever imagine. Abandoning rigid expectation. Destroy these rigid mom 
monuments to expectations and 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 work to move the rock that's damming your everlasting flow i mean it goes without saying don't trim your hedges and trees during early spring it's 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 cruel it disrupts birds pollinators hurts trees who have waited all through winter and now need that energy that comes from the intense glow of the sun during the summertime. But also be careful with whom you share your burgeoning creations. Because just like the strimmer, some tiny little comment, even from a trusted friend or especially from a trusted friend, can come and tear out that sapling, cut it down to the ground, and make you start all over again. spirit in which I started this podcast was to push beyond that fear of what other people thought or fear of what would happen if I put something out there that came from this part that I would say is the spiritual flow of creation. And here I am doing that, but it's not inevitable that it comes. It has to be cultivated, it has to be worked and it has to come from practices that take us outside of ourselves and allow us to allow that other part to come in, allow us to be open, allow our ego to sort of step back. Because our ego brings us into thoughts and expectations and stoppage, stopping. So on the next episode, we're going to continue with this theme of how do we step out of ourselves? How do we forget who we think we are to try to realize something that we could never be alone? I hope that made sense. I hope I hope that I wasn't grasping for straws. Even I even now, look at me <laughs> pulling back pulling back. I hope, I hope, I hope. Don't make fun of me. Don't laugh. I want to make something good, don't I? I want to make something perfect, something true, really. It's as if the moment I stop speaking, the moment I really listen to something, I start to doubt again, 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 again. I just have to trust, just trust. Trust, trust, trust. As always, if this particular episode or another strikes you, I invite you to share it. If that calls to you, share it with a friend. That's the most impactful thing that you can do to help this podcast grow and help more people begin to listen to the insight that will bring them to that quiet voice, that call for more joy in their life. That's my goal anyway. It certainly brings me joy to speak to you. And I thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts, I invite you to write to me. 
you can message the Instagram at a quiet voice podcast, or you can subscribe to the newsletter at a quiet Hoping to get that up and running soon. As always, I wish you peace and presence in all your pursuits. Don't trim your hedges. Allow the spring abundance to work in all places, in you, outside. And for the love of God, don't do any yard maintenance on a Saturday or Sunday before 10. These are basic rules, okay? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now.